Welcome to the New Mana Podcast, an Arch KCK production. Welcome back to New Mana, your newest favorite Catholic podcast on the Holy Eucharist. My name is Lee McMahon, your host, and I serve as consultant for evangelization at the Archdiocese of Kansas City in Kansas, but do not be fooled. If you've got a pulse, this podcast is for you. We have been called to communion in Christ. We have been given the mission of bringing people to Jesus and bringing revival to the church. So our title, New Manna, comes from John 6.58. This is the bread which came down from heaven, not such as our fathers ate and died. He who eats this bread will live forever. Come on, Jesus is the new manna. He is the bread of life, and he gives himself totally to us in the Holy Eucharist. So today, we're rolling with this pivot. We're going to wrap up this awesome little section from the Wellspring of Worship by Father Jean Corbon. We're going to talk about the final two sections of this chapter on the sacrament of sacraments. And then, you got it, next week we're going to get rolling with some fantastic guests from within the Archdiocese and, who knows, maybe beyond. We've got a couple awesome deacons on deck for you next week, so be sure to tune in. Uh, Anybody out there who's left a review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, super grateful for you because you're actually helping us get the word out that Jesus is alive, he's about a good work, and that he is truly present, body, blood, soul, and divinity in the Holy Eucharist. And not only that, you're helping us show up higher on search results when people are looking for things pertaining to faith. So thank you, everybody out there who's done that. And if you haven't, guess what? There's still time. You can do it, I believe. Just don't do it while you're driving, because safety first. We're going to open up this final two sections of I'm talking like a Russian nesting doll right now. It's just like, we're going to talk about this one thing, and within this one thing, within this one thing, within this one thing. But trust me, if you've been listening thus far, you know that this is good. I, Again, I cannot give enough praise for this work of Father Jean Corbin, because this book, above any other book, and me and a bunch of priests that I know say, this is the book that completely blew the doors off of my soul when it comes to understanding what's actually happening at the Mass the reality of worship in the Mass. Like, what is going on? So one final little explanation before we jump in. So the first section is about the first movement. So Father John, he explains that there's actually kind of three movements within the liturgy. The first movement is where the Holy Spirit reveals Christ to us. The second is where the uh, Holy Spirit actualizes Christ for us in the Eucharistic sacrifice. And then finally, the, the third movement is where the Holy Spirit actually enables and allows and makes us participate in him. So this final section is regarding the Eucharistic communion. This is the third movement of the Eucharistic liturgy in which the Spirit, he says, illumines our eyes, the eyes of our faith, by a vision of the Lamb of God. Without further ado, here we go. Page 154, the Eucharistic communion. In the third movement of the Eucharistic liturgy, the Spirit illumines the eyes of our faith by a vision of the Lamb of God. Our sinful hearts recognize him and are bathed in his light. Yes, the wedding feast of the bride and the Lamb is ready and the Spirit draws us to it. See, the the Lamb is raised up. He gives us his peace. He is broken but not divided. And he is at last about to give his life to those who will share in the feast. This is the meaning of the little piece of Eucharistic bread that is mingled with the blood in the cup. For he who gave his body and shed his blood when he accepted our death is henceforth alive and gives us his life. A final epiclesis is celebrated at this point. And remember that word epiclesis is the calling down of God, the calling down of the Holy Spirit. 
A final epiclesis is celebrated at this point, one that is correlative to the epiclesis in the liturgy of the word and the mystery of the two tables. The faith that unites us to Christ comes to us from the Holy Spirit. So this expression of the two tables is actually from Origen, the church father. Um, he says the table of the word of Christ and the table of the body of Christ make up the single mystery of the bread of life. In the event of communion, the energy of the gift and the energy of its reception are fused into a single energy. We become the one whom we have received and in whom the Spirit has transformed us. The fruit of the Eucharist, to which all the power of the river of life is directed, is communion, koinonia in Greek, with the Blessed Trinity. The living out of the divine agape in the authenticity of our mortal flesh, that is the synergy of charity that will bear fruit in the liturgy of life. That is why this part of the liturgy is less developed in comparison with the two preceding parts. In this banquet of the kingdom, the gift is reciprocal and by its nature unreserved. In terms of the persons involved, I belong no longer to myself, but to him who loved me and gave himself for me. He, in contrast, is now mine. If we have lived the liturgy of the word and the anaphora in all their spiritual realism, we will be transfigured and divinized from new beginning to new beginning in the light of communion. This is the moment of the marriage of the Lamb who carries and takes away the sin of the world. Henceforth my sin, my death, the despairing void of love in me, my impenetrable heart, the image which I am, and which should radiate the splendor of his face, all these are no longer mine. The possessive mine is precisely what destroys the Trinitarian communion. No, we belong to him, and he belongs to the Father. We shall have life from him as he has life from the Father. The communion thus completes the epiclesis of the anaphora in which the Spirit had entered into the depths of our hell in order to incorporate us into the incorruptible body. Adam, where are you? The thirst of the living God as he sought humanity in the first paradise is quenched at communion. Adam, the fearful man, is found at last, and Jesus, the new Adam, makes him stand up and come forth into the perfect love that casts out fear. Having become one with us in our depths, the beloved Son now draws us to the Father, Arise from among the dead. Arise and let us go from here. For you are in me and I in you. Together we form a single, indivisible being. Arise, let us go from here, from death to life, from corruption to immortality, from darkness to everlasting light. And a little sidebar there, that is actually a, a blurb from the Easter homily, one of the Easter homilies of Pseudo-Epiphanius. In communion, we anticipate the breakthrough of the resurrection. From celebration to celebration, the church that is ourselves effects the passage of all creation. During the great Holy Saturday, we were all in this Adam whom Christ rests from death because he has reached the term of his communion with men. Each time the divine liturgy is celebrated, the Lord becomes all in us in movement toward his beginning that has no end and reaching at last the heart of the Blessed Trinity.
That last part was a, a blurb from St. Gregory of Nyssa. And in conclusion, from prelude to finale, the synergy of the Spirit and the Church that sustains the three movements of the celebration has a prelude and finale, which we often fail to appreciate. In the first blessing, the Holy Spirit opened us to the liturgy about to be celebrated. In a final blessing, he sends us forth to the liturgy of life. In the last analysis, the Eucharist runs its course between two kenosis, this pour, these pourings out of, this emptying, that of the Word in his personal body and that of the Spirit in the body of Christ that is the Church. Our celebration moves from the icon of the Nativity to the icon of Pentecost. But since throughout the divine liturgy that Spirit has made us live within ourselves the event of Jesus' passage, we must be attentive to the life he is going to live with us after the celebration. Having become the church, we must live the church's life as a kenosis of the Spirit. The gift to us of God's ever-faithful love must be answered by an authentic life of the charity that the Holy Spirit pours into our hearts. We too must give our gift fully. That is, we must divest ourselves of ourselves in the same kenosis of love so that we will belong solely to him. That is how the sacrifice is to be completed in us, that is, in the church. As the communion of God with humanity, the church can only be hidden and transparent to the Spirit. What does the church of the last times know of the children to whom she gives birth? She does not know those whom she baptizes in water and the Spirit, but what of the others? Does she know all those who at each moment are born into the heavenly liturgy and whom the Father receives with eternal joy? Only when the perfect man, the total Christ, with its full stature appears in glory, Ephesians 4.13, will the bride be able to lift up her eyes and say in her heart, Who has borne me these? I was bereft and barren, exiled, turned out of my home. Who has reared these? I was left all alone. So where have these come from? Quoting Isaiah 49, 18-21. Then they will say of the church, Everyone was born there. So I pray that this time has blessed you immensely. I pray that this has been a, a rest for you, that you've been able to listen to these words of wisdom from a holy man who loves, 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 loves Jesus Christ, loves the Father, and loves the Holy Spirit. So it's just so in tune with his promptings and his movements that you've actually experienced rest. Don't be afraid to take this to prayer. And I hope that you buy this book because this book is awesome. Awesome cannot recommend it enough. I'll put the link in the show notes. This has been New Mana. We'll see you next week. God bless you.